from the dark web to your radio dial. You are listening to CyberTalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by Dr. Mike Flores from Palo Alto College here in San Antonio. Thank you for joining us, Mike. Oh, it's great to be here, Brett. Thank yeah. you. So would help our audience if you could share a little bit of your background on sure. uh, how you got uh, to where you're at and then what we're going to talk about today. Sure. Uh, thank you very much. Actually, I um, am a native Texan, graduated from Holmes High School here in the north side and went to UT San Antonio as an undergrad, wanted to experience something different, ended up getting my master's in Illinois, and then missed uh, summer heat in Texas and uh, went to UT Austin for my PhD. Uh, Ended up at Palo Alto College in 1999 and loved it so much that I've been there ever since. So with both Palo Alto and the Alamo Colleges District uh, for close to 18 years. And I think one of the nice things is seeing both the system evolve, but definitely seeing San Antonio evolve um, as more of an urban and cosmopolitan city. Yeah. So uh, as, as you say, you're uh, affiliated with the Alamo College. So, so how does all of, of that come together on under an, in an umbrella? Um, if, you, if you look at it and think of it, it's a constellation of colleges. There's five colleges. Palo Alto is one of those. Our sister colleges include San Antonio College, St. Phillips, College Northwest Vista, and then the newest is Northeast Lakeview. Um, Together, we have over 60,000 credit students, and then another 30,000 students are engaged in some sort of workforce training, and that may vary. So we are actually the largest provider of higher education within our metropolitan area. Yeah. So in uh, one of the larger, more well-organized districts I've seen uh, nationwide even, I don't yes, know where you yes. all rank there, but I've I've lived all over in my time, and uh, this uh, district here is set up and very very well structured between the campuses. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I'm a little biased, right? But um, I, when you look at it and you compare the Alamo colleges towards other districts within the U.S., one of the most interesting things is just the way we are set up to deliver education and training. Um, some of the innovative ventures that we have. Um, and how those stack up nationally. One of the things when you look at it is we're the largest provider of higher ed, but we're actually the largest um, provider and of associate degrees within the state of Texas. So San Antonio here has over 12,000 students who graduated this past year with an associate's degree or certificate. That's awesome. Yeah. And uh, San Antonio, while we're one of the 10 largest cities in the U.S., we're we're not as big as uh, Houston. And we're not as big as the DFW complex by by uh, any means. We're not, but yet uh, we produce more graduates than both of them. So uh, aside from leading there and producing more graduates than some of the, the other folks across the state, uh, what else is going on uh, with Palo Alto specifically and then the Alamo colleges related to cyber? Sure. I think uh, one of the things uh, when you look at it is we want to ensure that we're aligned with the growth sectors within the um, San Antonio area. So we're looking at IT in particular as one of those areas of interest for both um, San Antonio and Bear County, right, through SA Works and other affiliated strategies. Uh, IT Allied Health is another advanced manufacturing financial services. So by and large, Palo Alto College, along with our sister colleges, are engaged in that strategy and, and ensuring that we have a talented workforce 
for IT in particular. We have close to, out of our near 10,000 students, a quarter of those are STEM, and about uh, 500 of those are engaged in IT work overall, either in earning a certificate or an associate's degree, uh, whether that's for transfer, like computer science, or whether that's a workforce degree, an associate of applied science, um, in computer information systems. Yeah. And then uh, many of the campuses have the NSA and DHS certification as well for as a center of excellence? They do. So one of our sister colleges, St. Philip's College, does provide that as a center of excellence. And we're moving in that direction as well at Palo Alto College and ensuring that we can um, lend towards increasing that bandwidth and ensuring that we provide talent for folks uh, uh, you know, like Jungle Disc or other firms within San Antonio that are in that direction or seeking to provide um, jobs for our folks. Yeah, because we have uh, a large amount of uh, cyber companies here yes. uh, serving both the public and private sector, and it's good right. to see that um, across the education spectrum, uh, it's both available at the two-year and four-year level uh, to go to institutes that uh, will give you the ability to go uh, work directly in some of those federal-focused uh, right. roles uh, coming out of school quickly. So as you had mentioned, uh, innovation. And when people hear innovation and university in the same sentence, I think that maybe <laughs> you have this belief that it, it's you can have students doing some innovative stuff, right. but actually innovating on the education side and the curriculum side of things, uh, maybe not as much. But I don't think that's a, it's a different story with you. Yeah, we're really proud. I'm really pleased with the culture of innovation that we have at Palo Alto College in particular. Um, if you look at what we've done over the last five years and what others have uh, come in and uh, lauded us for in particular, it is with regard to transparency and innovation. There are a couple of awards that we've received as part of that, and these are, uh, and we're proud, and, and I'm pleased because these are both for organizations within the public and the private sector. So uh, we've been engaged in this long journey of continuous quality improvement. Um, we've utilized the Malcolm Baldrige framework as part of that um, over the last five years. Uh, we received as part of that journey the Texas Award for Performance Excellence in 2015. We were the first um, educational entity since 2011 and the first college or university since uh, 2007 to receive that. That allowed us then to apply for the National Award, which is, you know, the President's Award of Performance Excellence for Organizations. And we were uh, one of 34 applicants. And as part of that, uh, we're proud that we were actually uh, one of 15 to receive a site visit. These are folks that may um, come from higher ed, but they also come from the private sector. And uh, we were lauded as part of that for a culture of innovation, culture of transparency, um, and for focusing on student learning. Yeah. So that's uh, pretty am amazing because uh, when you think of all the, the number of colleges and universities and programs out there that could right. have applied uh, for the award that you received, uh, being picked and selected is, is a big deal. Right, right. I, um, yes, it definitely is a big deal. And there are um, organic uh, initiatives that we have on campus which empower faculty, staff, and students as part of that. So one of the things that we've been doing over the last few years is a concept called participatory budgeting. 
um, which allows and engages stakeholders, team members, actually in um, coming up with proposals, looking at things that need to be addressed or improved on campus, and then allowing uh, faculty, staff, and students to vote on those proposals. So we have close to $100,000 annually that we set aside for that. And then folks vote uh, for their favorite proposals, and then those are funded, and then that team actually gets to implement them. Um, and so that is something that actually is going to begin, and there's been, uh, that's going to go citywide. Um, and uh, city of San Antonio and some city council members are looking at implementing that in the next fiscal year. Yeah, no, it'd be great to see uh, innovation come out of our uh, schools and then on into uh, our city, county, but then also businesses. And yes. as students participate in that, um, while they're on campus, they'll take that out to their workplace and help their workplaces innovate for excellence as well. Exactly. I think, um, Brett, one of the nice things is how do we empower folks to have that as part of their core skill set? Uh, to be innovative, uh, to be willing to uh, work with others in teams. And so an initiative like participatory budgeting allows uh, faculty and staff, but most importantly our students, to be able to hone and develop that skill set along the way. Yeah. So for those listeners we have out there that are, uh, are kind of new to maybe hearing some about the Alamo Colleges and uh, they wanted to apply and right. go. Is this something you have to be full-time? Do you have part-time students? And, and how does that work there if they uh, have a day job or a night job? Um, that's, that's a great question. And so what they can do is they can a actually go to alamo.edu, which is online. Um, they can hit on any one of the colleges, and they can go ahead and actually even apply. So they can – our students range um, anywhere from – 14 all the way to about 74 and so I mean that's the beauty of community colleges is being nimble um, being an open door and allowing students to come in whether they already have college credits um, or whether this is their first college course that they're going to take and so looking at that whole continuum of age daytime nighttime weekends online which is also very important that could be solely online uh, with discussion groups and content, um, or that could even be a hybrid session in which uh, one particular course could involve coming to campus one session and actually the rest of the time uh, just interacting with your professor and with your classmates uh, through your device. Yeah. So if you're a, an active duty service member and you're stationed here, you could be taking classes, but if you got deployed, you potentially could continue your enrollment in, in a completely online manner. You could be anywhere within uh, anywhere in the world and take your courses, which is the beauty of higher education today, is being able to ensure that students get those credits towards a certificate or a degree and, um, and be able to succeed. Yeah, this is uh, in the cyberspace specifically with uh, what we have going on here in town uh, for the active duty folks. They're getting valuable skills uh, and certifications, but those are uh, internal uh, Department of Defense, Air Force, uh, maybe NSA certifications. They're not uh, private sector recognized certifications. So uh, for uh, those students looking to get potentially an associate's degree and get private sector certifications, uh, the Alamo Colleges and those programs are something that uh, can be directly applicable to them uh, so that they, as they do transition from active duty to reservist or active duty to retired, uh, they can make a smooth move into the private sector with 
uh, certifications that will be recognized by employers uh, on that side. Yes, I think that's the most important thing is how do we ensure that we give credence and credit to the skill set that folks have in our community um, as part of that. So if they, in fact, want to reach out, they can call us at 210-486-3000. They can even email me at rflores, uh, R-F-L-O-R-E-S at alamo.edu. I'll connect them with one of our recruiters and we'll get them started uh, an enrollment. It could be at Palo Alto or any one of our sister colleges. Yeah. So you're listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Mike Flores, uh, part of the uh, Alamo Colleges here, and we're talking through uh, some of the programs and innovation they have. This is the largest post-secondary education uh, center here in uh, San Antonio and the uh, number one uh, program graduating folks with associate's degrees across the entire state of Texas. Are there any larger uh, community college districts uh, somewhere else like Los Angeles or some of these other big metros, or how do we stack up even whole nationwide? Um, we're uh, within the top five. So if you look at other larger urban areas, you can look, as you mentioned, Brett, um, Los Angeles has a big system. So they have uh, close to 10 community colleges within their district. Uh, Maricopa and Phoenix has actually eight community colleges within their district, City Colleges of Chicago. Um, as part of that. But uh, when you look at the outcomes that are being produced, I think folks in our community should take pride at uh, the number of graduates that are coming out. What we want to do is we want to ensure two things, and this is, these are just opportunities for improvement that we have. Uh, we want to get folks, uh, specifically students, early on. So in looking at how we stack up, San Antonio has actually an Alamo 14 what are called early college high schools um, as part of that. And those allow students entering as 14-year-olds, which I mentioned earlier, to take their first courses. So they can actually exit with a high school diploma um, and an associate's degree or certificates um, before, before they even graduate from high school. Um, fortunately, they'll cross our stage probably a week or two before they cross and get their high school diploma as part of that. And at Palo Alto College in particular, we have close to 2,000 students in seven different early college high schools of those 14 that are within our metro area. So that's one of the other things is ensuring that we get students early on, ensuring that we tie and align them to those um, high growth, high wage sectors that are going to make us more competitive as a community, not only within the U.S., but as you all know, also globally. Yeah, as a, a, across uh, whether it's uh, advanced manufacturing, healthcare, uh, IT, and, and cyber, um, all of those industries are going to be continuing to grow uh, for the next uh, 30 years um, at least, as much as I look at it from a strategy lens. And uh, really, as it's those folks are in school now, they need to be looking out at that 30-year lens of where's this industry going over the long run if you're going to um, start learning now as a high school student, um, even if you go through uh, the early college high school, maybe you're not graduating for six to eight years uh, now if you go through maybe and get a bachelor's or a master's even after that. Uh, so you may not be entering the workforce for quite a while still. So uh, when you're looking at picking uh, career fields and where you're going from an education perspective, uh, you got to be looking out with that longer lens, which is hard for um, some of the kids to do for sure. Uh, but parents, as you're helping advise and coach those, or if you're an adult looking at where you're going to go for your next career, because with the elongation of uh, our lifespan now, uh, it's no longer 
you kind of pick your career at age 20, you work in there for 30 years until age 50 and retire. As you said, you have some students in their, their 70s, but I would bet if we go look at your enrollment data, I don't know how much of it you share, there's a ton of students in their 40s uh, that are looking at, at what's their second career. They may have gone to college, had a 20-year career in a field, and now they're looking at where do they go for their second career as an adult. Right, and I think that's uh, one of the important things is um, how do we prepare and ensure that students um, – our community members can actually be able to have that skill set to be successful as part of that lifelong journey and lifelong learning uh, for that. So um, going back to individuals being able to enroll easily, um, nimble enough to be able to take a credit course or perhaps pursue a certification, we want to ensure that folks can um, hook up easily with Alamo College's district take those courses, um, and then be successful in the workplace. And if they need to come back at a later time, be able to do so. Yeah. So if uh, you haven't been in formal education for 10 years or 20 years, how do you go in and assess where this person can go and how they, which classes should they be taking to start with? Oh, one of the, one of the nice things is uh, Palo Alto and each of our colleges uh, within the system have a welcome center. So they can go by, they can talk with an advisor as part of that and connect with them, be able to talk about the areas that they're interested in, what are the degrees or certificates that are available, or are there workforce training experiences that they can pursue as part of that. Uh, one of the nice things that we've done is actually they then, once they enroll, are linked um, with an advisor all the way until they graduate. So from their first until their final semester, they have the same academic advisor who knows them, develops a relationship with them, can provide them with um, academic advice, uh, career assistance, uh, link them to opportunities in the community, and then also provide them with the route to transfer or to assist in placement. Um, so that system's called Alamo Advise, and so they can link up with their academic advisor that will work in tandem with them to prompt them and ensure that they're able and they're on the right track. And that's, uh, if you wanted to talk with one of those folks, if they went to alamo.edu on the website yes. there, they can they go to the Alamo Advise, there'll be a link they can find? Yes, exactly. So And they'll be able to assist them in uh, answering any questions, prompt them, and ensure they're headed in the right direction. Yeah. Now, well, as you, you hear associate's degrees talked about as a two-year degree, right. is there any requirement to get done in two years? No, no. So that's the, uh, that's the other nice thing. We would uh, like them to uh, be able to be on a path and take the courses that they need to be able to graduate. But that could occur in one year for an associate's degree, and that could occur um, in three or four years as part of that, especially for part-time students. So for us, about 70% of our students are part-time at Palo Alto and actually district-wide. Um, so we want to just ensure that they're taking the courses that they need to graduate. As we talked earlier, that can be coming onto the campus, and in many ways that could be after um, the kids are asleep and you're, uh, you know, interacting, you pull up the class on your device um, through the content management system, and you're working on that to be able to finish the course as part of a discussion board or looking at online resources. So for uh, students, if they took some advanced placement courses in high school, do, do those count towards uh, helping them get through what they need to at the Alamo Colleges? They do. So if they have taken advanced placement courses, uh, we'll look at that credit. If they earned the 
right number, right? A four or five, then we'll go ahead and do that. Uh, we'll accept those courses. If they um, actually CLEP, so students can uh, CLEP the acronym, right? Um, they can go ahead and take a test that uh, measures their competence in that area. We'll take those courses. Uh, we have a lot of students that come in with transfer credit. We'll evaluate that. That could be from CCAF, Community College of the Air Force. Uh, we'll go ahead and review the courses on their transcript. We'll transcript those, count those towards a certificate or degree. So I think the wonderful thing is actually looking at uh, what students are coming in with the skill set um, or specific credentials, and then that being aligned to our system, recognizing the value of that experience and then getting them on the way to a certificate or degree that we can then um, give them as part of that process. So, um, you know, we were looking at how can we be competitive as a community. We actually have over uh, 300,000 individuals over 18 that have um, college credits. And so this, the city has an initiative called Upgrade. Um, business and industry partners are part of that. And so what we're seeking to do is also encourage them to come in um, so we can go ahead and, and transcribe that credit and get them on their way towards a certificate or associate's degree. So I think we've learned a lot from industry in particular, um, IT specifically, is how can we recognize the skill set that folks have, how can we give them uh, credit for that and get them on their way towards um, a credential? Yeah. And uh, so, as you mentioned, it's 300,000 with some credit. So they right. could have started at a four-year school somewhere else. Eventually, they, they maybe did, they didn't graduate with an associate's or a bachelor's out of the, that four-year institution. They moved here to San Antonio. They started working. Uh, and so those folks also eligible to transfer in potentially some of those credits from back when they may have gone to a year or a year and a half of school before as well. Yeah, most definitely. So we want them to, they can come to Palo Alto, they can come to any one of the Alamo colleges, uh, bring their transcript or at least an, um, an idea of the courses that they took and then it can be requested and to ensure that they meet with the advisor to evaluate all those credits. So that's what's most important as well is being able uh, to recognize what folks have done and to get them on their way and path them towards a credential. So over 300,000 folks, we want to recognize them for that talent and that time investment and um, hopefully get them aligned with one of those sectors, whether it's IT or advanced manufacturing business um, or even healthcare, yeah. um, being able to do that. So in, as we uh, go through and, and so you have these folks on the way, if they wanted to go from that associate's program at Alamo, yes. h- how do you work with all of our four-year institutes uh, in the area to um, transfer in there and then get folks on their way to a, a bachelor's or master's degree program? Yeah, one of the, one of the nice things, too, is that uh, what we're looking at doing is ensuring that students take the courses that they need to graduate with their associate's degree and that they're on the road to transfer. So the academic advisor in their first semester will actually talk to them about the courses that they need, what they want to do and where they want to go. We'll pull out then the uh, degree map as part of that and then look at exactly what's going to transfer. If they're going to one of our privates, uh, more than likely they're going to one of our large uh, regional public institutions, whether that's Texas A&M San Antonio. UT San Antonio, or in some cases, Texas State University, and ensure that all of those courses are going to transfer 
For us, uh, it's called pathing or a pathway. We call it Alamo Institutes, and we have a transfer compact with each of uh, the institutions, the publics, and the privates within the city, which is most important. So this has been really a citywide and regional conversation about ensuring that the courses and the time invested and the money uh, that individuals have invested, that it's worthwhile with us and insurable transfer to a university. Yeah, so if you're looking at more than a two-year degree, uh, when you sit down with that advisor, yes. let them know ahead of time so that you're pathing the right direction uh, to that bachelor's or master's degree. Uh, most definitely. Yeah. So you're listening to Cyber Talk Radio on 1200 WAI. We're going to break at the bottom of the hour here for some news, traffic, and weather. And I will be back with Dr. Mike Flores where we will talk about some of the specific uh, classes and uh, what you can learn uh, here in our Alamo area colleges and specifically down uh, at Palo Alto College uh, where he is president of the college. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. Joined this week by Dr. Mike Flores, the president of Palo Alto College. If you uh, just happen to be joining us after that news traffic and weather update, uh, you can listen to the rebroadcast of this episode and all of our episodes uh, on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com as well as uh, on iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Cast for your Android device, or uh, on a YouTube channel if you happen to like to look at a, a photo of the two of us there. We do not record live video. Uh, we do a nice still shot with the audio in the background, which still, interestingly enough, gets a, a good amount of folks on YouTube hanging out for 50 minutes. I would not necessarily think so, but uh, I guess with the YouTube app these days, you can run it in the background on your phone. A lot of folks listen to music on there, so it's been worth it for us to even put the content out on uh, YouTube as one of those different distribution channels. Uh, we uh, covered uh, kind of a big, broad um, swath across Alamo Colleges and uh, Palo Alto College before uh, the bottom of the hour break there. Uh, we had talked to listeners and said we were going to dive into some of the specific courses and uh associate's degree programs that you can obtain at Palo Alto. So um, go ahead and uh, sh share for our listeners uh, one of those different programs that folks will uh, enroll in on your campus. Sure. Uh, Brett, well, we have 23 different uh, degrees, associate degrees, and then close to 40 different certificates. Uh, the vast majority of our students are going to pursue an associate's degree for transfer. So that's either an associate of arts degree um, and that, or that could be an associate of science degree. But we have specific associate of applied science degrees, which are geared towards being in the workforce. So that's in advanced manufacturing, which uh, we've had for the last few years. That's also in uh, logistics. That could be in business. Um, that actually could also be in uh, IT. So when looking at that, in which we have both certificates that are stackable, where we have either a tier one certificate, which could be a one semester or two semester venture, or a tier two certificate that gets you the opportunity to have the next level credential leading to an associate's degree. And the beauty, whether it's in IT or another area of a certificate, is that they're stackable. Um, it's like a career ladder in a sense um, and allows a student to 
go ahead and earn that credential, perhaps go into the workforce and to pursue that as their full-time venture for a period of time and then come back once again to Palo Alto or one of the Alamo colleges to take more courses towards the next credential. Um, so that has a lot of value with on-ramps and off-ramps for people to be able to do that. Um, so really it is looking at the different types of certificates, associate degrees, whether that's for transfer or whether that's directly into the workforce. The beauty of the Associate of Applied Science as well is that all of those courses also transfer to a university. So a student can get an Associate of Applied Science in Computer Information Systems. They can transfer down the street to AM San Antonio or perhaps go to a little further to UT San Antonio or Texas State. Um, they can seek to do that even in advanced manufacturing or logistics. And so all of those credits are going to transfer. In some cases, students could even be with us uh, for three years, save a lot of money. Uh, we were talking about the cost of education earlier and then take their final year at the university. So one of the things is looking at, we have what are called two plus twos, pathing the student, looking at the courses they need for their associate's degree. Most importantly, if they're seeking to transfer for their bachelor's degree. And we also have three plus ones. So they can do three years with us, um, actually spend an average of about $6,000 uh, for one year of higher education. And then as part of that, then look at just their senior year at a, at a university. Yeah. Um, so there's a wide uh, world of options for folks looking at credentials that are stackable and then ensuring in, in all cases that they can transfer to a university for their bachelor's degree. Yeah. So with that three plus one program, the excuses of I can't afford to go to college pretty much go away. And if you're... Yes. You're, you're working hard uh, from a loan or grant uh, right. perspective, uh, being able to get through and afford the addition of, of school. You may not be buying a new iPhone every 12 <laughs> months, but if you, you took that money and spent the $1,000 on your education instead of on an iPhone X, uh, then you, the excuses start to drop off pretty quick there on the, the cost of school with the programs that you all have put in place. Yeah, just to underscore that, um, Brent, so just looking at all the different options, the relatively low cost of education uh, for folks going to Palo Alto or one of the Alamo colleges. Uh, we also have two things. One is a guarantee if you're going to take courses in the fall and the spring, um, you actually will get one or two courses for free in the summer. That's throughout the Alamo College's district. We also have what we call now open educational resources in which uh, faculty have carefully selected the online texts, essays, or other instructional materials that they're going to use. And in many cases, those are free or nominal cost and will save you from buying a hard copy text. Um, for our students last year, we saved over a million dollars through open educational resources. Um, or if you started a little earlier, you could, in fact, be one of those early college high school students or perhaps a student at Cast Tech uh, that just opened or a student at uh, Cast M that's going to open next year, Palo Alto, in which you uh, would have close to two years of higher education under your belt as an 18-year-old. Um, and so there are multiple ways in which we're seeking to lower the cost of higher education to make sure that those courses count, make sure that they transfer, um, and to save both our students 
and uh, perhaps their parents, or in some cases, actually um, ensure that the parents can afford higher education for their children if they're one of our students. Yeah, I know we were talking about during the break a little bit is that uh, now with the rising cost of, of higher education overall, that many of the parents in their 40s and 50s potentially could still have loans today, which make it difficult for them to uh, co-sign on loans for their children, where uh, back, I think, when we went to school, um, our parents, if they even took out loans, those loans were paid off long before we were adults. Right. <clears throat> right. If you just uh, statewide, uh, for community colleges, the average uh, loan or student loan debt burden is about 17005 Students graduate from a public university owing double that. Um, in Alamo, it's about 13. And so what we want to do is continue to drive that student loan burden down to ensure then that when students graduate, that they or their family members have that capital that they can then use for other things. If they want to buy a house, if they want to start a business, if they want to invest in something, that they have that capital available for them to utilize in a different manner. Yeah. No, it's uh, great to see all the innovation going on uh, there because education on the innovation side, it's both about the access to it and with the online, the offline, all of that. Um, but without access and affordability, it doesn't matter if you guys are teaching the most cutting-edge stuff in a classroom if, if no one's able to go in there and get involved in it. Um, from the industry perspective, uh, you mentioned the CAS schools, uh, and, and you'll be working with the CAS STEM that'll be down near your campus. Uh, and then we've got a large advanced manufacturing facility down near your, your campus as well. How are you involved with uh, those folks? So we've actually, uh, I had mentioned earlier, our advanced manufacturing um, degree that we have. And so Toyota has celebrated over 10 years of being in South San Antonio and Bear County. Originally, we were one of the testing sites as they were getting ready to hire their talent when the plant was coming online. We've continued that relationship working with manufacturers like Toyota or others in the area. Uh, Castem is part of that. So they have been a lead industry partner for the establishment of the school. We're really pleased uh, working with Southwest Independent School District ourselves. Students, um, and we'll um, have the first class in August of next year, close to 200 students, not only coming from South Bear County, but from throughout our area, um, being able to go and major in, um, certificate in uh, advanced manufacturing, engineering, global logistics, uh, business, and energy. And so I think the power of CAST is really at being industry-led, looking at um, the experience of CAST Tech and ensuring that students are not only able to connect with faculty in the classroom, but most importantly, able to connect with industry leaders like yourself, Brett, in particular fields that are going to ensure then that our community is competitive and that we get those students early on so that they're able to spend their time in those specific industries. Yeah, the CAST program, for those uh, that have not heard about it, if you go online, C-A-S-T, uh, Tech, uh, T-E-C-H, that one's uh, open, up and running in S-A-I-S-D. Uh, it's the first class of freshmen are in there this year. Uh, you can learn uh, much more uh, about the whole CAST program overall, uh, which is really spearheaded by uh, HEB and the, the Holsworth Foundation there uh, as the lead uh, on it, working with SAISD and then now Southwest on CAST STEM and uh, more of the uh, CAST schools to come, I think, in, in the future here as they look at uh, how do we change high school education uh, in America, which then can ultimately transform uh, college along the way as well. 
Uh, and I mean, getting these kids to where they're taking college courses um, at SAC campus here with a Cast Tech is on the Fox Tech High School campus within walking distance of the um, San Antonio College campus downtown. You'll have Cast STEM working with Palo Alto. Uh, and these kids potentially getting out into internships their senior year of high school. So now collaborating with industry and seeing uh, what's going on out there directly, not just on a field trip, uh, but in actual uh, work roles as a high school student um, to then uh, decide and really help them make the correct decision of uh, do you want to do this uh, or not? I know a friend, uh, Lorenzo Gomez, he'd written a book recently here, Cilantro Diaries, and in there he talks about going to Health Careers High School mm -hmm. here in San Antonio years ago and finding out because they've had internships and things uh, with that program as well. And he found out real quickly he did not want to have a career in the health field anymore and saved him potentially making a big mistake of going and getting a biology degree as an undergrad. And because when you're going to college in biology there, you don't really experience working in the health career field until you get it actually into medical school and maybe even into your first year of residency. And you're like, wow, this is really not what I wanted to go do. Uh, that's a long way to go rewind back on your education yes. after that. Yeah. So that's important that we give students this experience early on that uh, they're able to enter, look at the curriculum, but most importantly, have an internship or a co-op and talk with industry leaders in those fields. And so that's what we're seeking to do with CAST. Um, in many ways, we do that with our early college high schools. And we seek to do that with our students if they're on campus and perhaps are 18 plus, right, is ensuring that they are looking at the field that they're interested in, engaging with faculty, um, interviewing with folks in the industry so that they are pursuing their passion. Yeah. And so in those advanced manufacturing courses, as you've rolled those programs out over the last decade plus, uh, what type of uh, labs and equipment do the students actually interact with there on campus? Is these things that are academic only or are these actual um, advanced manufacturing things that would get used out in the private sector? Yeah, they. Uh, what we seek to do overall is um, what, what I call praxis, right, that uh, blend between theory and application. And so in manufacturing in particular, what is simulated is exactly what they may see on a plant floor, um, is ensuring that it's a similar type of experience as, as many ways as we can replicate that experience with similar equipment. Um, and in many ways, ensuring that through those case studies, they're able to know what it feels like, and then also taking them onto the actual um, floor with that industry partner as part of that. So if you were to come into any one of our labs, um, that's what you would see. One of the other things that we're seeking to do is learning from advanced manufacturing, IT, and other fields is actually simulating those experiences in other areas. Yeah, well, if, uh, those students in IT, um, over the next few years, if you haven't enrolled now, you may want to go ahead to you can get that job uh, as an intern there in the Alamoria College system. You're going to get to handle a, a large-scale migration project or be part of one because uh, I've read in the papers here that uh, Alamo College is moving the uh, headquarters um, over to a spot uh, by Government Hill. Yeah, you're, that's exactly right. So yeah. they'd be able to do that. And I think one of the nice things about IT is there's constant change. Uh, so just looking at all the different systems that our students get to interact with, right? So our uh, learning management or content management system, uh, what they have to do that our students do that, that um, in back of the house or behind the scenes, that we also support that. Or if you're going to migrate physically, 
from one area to another? Are you going to create another IT center? What are you going to do to ensure that um, everything's protected and that it's seamless for us in front of the house? Yeah, no longer uh, do you have to map out your course to run around campus for class enrollment. Back when uh, I was in school, we would uh, look at the enrollment morning. It's like the enrollment started at 9 a.m. or whatever on campus, and you had to run around to each different department building and stand in line to be able to get into the, the courses you wanted. And we, uh, being a, a math nerd, we would try to map out shortest path, and we would try to, to model and, and forecast which classes we're going to fill up, and then how do you, you get to those uh, those days are long gone. They they are long gone. I remember the days as an undergrad just calling on the phone, right, yeah. and being able to press those numbers to register in those uh, particular courses through an automated system. Um, I think one of the nice things is the convenience of ensuring that students can register not only through their desktop but their device. Um, as part of that is also utilizing technology um, so that we can see how students are doing, uh, whether that's a faculty member submitting an early alert, whether that's students engaging in an online study group or discussion board. So what are the ways that we can leverage technology to be more effective in supporting our students to be successful? Yeah, and for the, the classes, um, as you have a mix of different course types of lectures versus uh, labs, uh, what will uh, should a student plan on uh, experiencing there where it's either going to be a virtual lab online or a hands-on lab um, in a facility? Um, I think the, the answer would be uh, really underscoring the value of providing that experience for students. So in many ways, instruction has evolved beyond just uh, the uh, lecture format so that we have faculty members actually providing the readings, many of them ahead of time, uh, whether that's on a hard copy or whether that's online, and actually facilitating utilizing the class period then for discussion or to for guest speakers, uh, whether that's on campus or ensuring an off-campus experience. Um, and then that praxis again, right? That theory and then that application. Uh, or perhaps that's going to be in a lab setting that could be in a computer lab on a device um, that actually could be um, off campus in a particular lab. I think all of those things tie in nicely and it varies. That could be um, in English, if you are perhaps uh, working with a nonprofit organization to do their newsletter. Um, our, our teacher education students actually go out into neighborhood schools um, on Fridays when we don't have class to be able to go through and deliver and instruct modules and interact with students. Advanced manufacturing, which we talked about earlier, whether that's the lab on campus or then going on site to an industry partner. Um, all of those are examples and ways in which we want students to ensure that um, they're successful in a course if their course is in their major that they are pursuing something that they're interested in. You mentioned Lorenzo earlier, right? And I think a lot of us, we looked initially at things that we may have been interested in, and then we took a specific course or pursued a specific path in which early on we decided, you know what, I need to veer off into another direction or course correct because this may be an area that I want to pursue instead of that. And so that's what we want students to do is be engaged in their, in their program um, but also have those conversations or experiences in which they're able to determine if this is going to be their passion. So as you're uh, looking at the, the growth uh, and 
trying to help guide through your advisory process students into uh, places where there are jobs and careers but here locally in San Antonio. Uh, what are the kind of uh, career prospects for these the kids that are coming through the programs that you guys have today? Well, I think if, if they're looking at specific fields, one, we're in a high growth area and we're fortunate to be in San Antonio with the economic development strategy that we have. Um, as part of that, if they're in IT, you mentioned that earlier, Brett, then um, as long as they have the skill set and they have had the experience as an undergraduate student or have the certifications, they should be successful. If we look at teacher education in particular, you know, we're supplying one teacher for every three openings in our area. And so that's another area of high growth. Uh, advanced manufacturing, we know that's another sector that we're involved in. IT, obviously. Uh, one thing that we know and that we're uh, moving into is also healthcare. So healthcare is another one of our five economic drivers. And so that's an area that we ventured into. We have a healthcare administration degree that will be unveiled um, and have its first students in August. Um, as part of that, we will, um, we're pursuing nursing, working with one of our sister colleges, with San Antonio College as part of that. And then we're also going to um, begin a dental hygiene program. That's an associate's degree program for us. Um, that pays a medium wage of $70,000 and dental hygienists are in demand. Um, so if we look at those areas, it is looking at the five drivers for us that we've decided as a community uh, we want to provide talent for. We want to bring industry in those areas in. And so for Palo Alto and I think for many of our sister colleges in the Alamo Colleges District, we want to ensure that we provide students and community members with opportunities to get a certificate or an associate's degree in those fields. And uh, from a, a faculty perspective, um, if do you have any job openings yourself here you may be looking to fill? We do. In fact, we have uh, job openings both in areas as uh, in the sciences. Uh, those are high demand. And so we're looking for folks, if you're a biologist or a chemist, we're uh, looking for engineering faculty. Uh, we're looking for faculty in healthcare administration. And then uh, we're actually looking for a faculty member in microbrewing. So brewery and operations. So that's a new program that we're going to start in August as well. So if you're interested, please go to alamo.edu as part of that. You can go to any one of the colleges um, to look for positions. You can go to alamo.edu backslash Palo Alto, and we have opportunities for folks as well. And we'd welcome them, uh, folks with industry experience that have been out in the field perhaps or looking for their second, third, or fourth career. Uh, we would want them in the classroom because we want students to learn from the experience they've had. Yeah, and uh, all of your faculty full-time or some of them part-time as well? Uh, we have full-time and part-time faculty as part of that. Uh, we do have uh, faculty members that have been adjuncts or part-timers that have been with us for years, and it is really having that experience um, outside of the workplace, interacting with students that keeps them coming back and also that our students really enjoy. The other part really is that what we've learned is we know that um, that students don't come to, us, come to us discreetly just wanting to learn. Uh, we know that they have other challenges um, in their lives and so that's why we um, have them teamed with an academic advisor so that they can ensure that time on task is invested wisely, that they're working with them in tandem with faculty members. 
We also actually are providing, because we know students have challenges with um, actually uh, food, um, clothing, um, healthcare, all of those things. So we have an on-campus resource center in which that's not our wheelhouse, in which we've teamed with community-based organizations to deliver resources to our students. So if they are food insecure, they can, uh, we've teamed with the San Antonio Food Bank in which we have a food pantry on campus. If uh, they need clothes for an interview, for an internship or a co-op, we have a career clothes closet and we've teamed up with Goodwill for that. Um, if they need access to resources, we actually have an emergency loan. Um, I remember as an undergrad that I need an emergency uh, loan for a period of time at UT Austin um, until a check came in. And so what we wanna do is provide our students with the same opportunity um, so they can get anywhere from three to $500 that they have to pay back so that that in turn can ensure we loan it out to other students if they have problems with rent, utilities, perhaps their car broke down or something else. Um, so all of those resources are available to students on campus um, at Palo Alto as part of that because what we wanna do is ensure that they're able to spend the time focused on their studies and on their degree so that they can be successful. They can come out, they can interview, talk with folks, whether that's in IT or another sector in our community. Yeah, and that's how you get the uh, industry-best graduation. Uh, yes, there you go. All of those type of things that uh, can derail someone, uh, you guys are helping knock those off the list, and I appreciate um, all the work that you do uh, and uh, what you guys have been able to build at the last 20 years. Uh, you've been uh, down with uh, Palo Alto here on the south side of San Antonio. Uh, thank you for joining us this week, and if uh, you're just turning on the radio dial right now, um, this is CyberTalk Radio. We're talking about uh, education here in San Antonio uh, through the colleges and specifically Palo Alto College. Uh, you can listen to the rebroadcast of uh, this episode on Tuesday. It'll come up online on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com. 